Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, it's so good to be again in the house and thanks for a wonderful time uh, last week. Thank you for all of us, uh, those of us tuning in. Thank you very much for always tuning in. And today uh, is the last Bible study for the year. Uh, and also we are coming to the end of the series on the book of Habakkuk. Uh, and I said, like I promised last week, we're just going to zoom in on one verse, which is uh, the central, uh, is the central verse for this book. Uh, so let's just say a word of prayers um, <clears throat> as we start. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness as we go into this book. I ask that you speak to us in the name of Jesus. Make us to be righteous. Make us to be just. Open our eyes and our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. That's, um, that's what we're going to be discussing today. Let me just read uh, the King James Version. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Um, it's just that second part of the verse we are going to actually um, zoom into. The just shall live by faith. Um, and I say, but the righteous will live by his faith. Um, actually, the conversation was talking about people who are proud, people who are who, who, who I mean, put their trust in their gods and things like that. Um, that's what the conversation was talking about. Then it, it had, uh, added an end story, uh, but the just shall live by his faith. So let's look at um, um, how this uh, pans out uh, uh, these days. Praise God. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so let me just... Okay, I hope it goes... Okay. Okay, yes, I think we're good now. So how important um, is this verse? Um, how important is this verse in human history? Uh, apologies, I'm just trying to, to, I'm just trying to get some things sorted. I think we're good now. Okay. So, thank you. I think we're sorted now. So, like I said, this is the center of the book of Habakkuk. Uh, and it's also one of the most important verses uh, in the Bible. Uh, it was quoted twice by Paul, uh, both in Romans and Galatians. Now, 
the the quotation Paul's quotation actually um, is also very 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 uh, important so Paul quoted him twice the writer of Hebrews also quoted it um, actually that's for those who, who, who don't believe um, that uh, 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 Paul wrote the book of Hebrew uh, for those who believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrew can still say okay um, Paul said it three times but now that um, I mean it wasn't only uh, Paul that was suggested to be the author of Hebrew so let's just assume that uh, the author of Hebrew also quoted it so why will these people and if you if you've read the book of Hebrew Hebrews you will understand that the author of that book have a very um, deep knowledge <coughs> of Judaism a very deep knowledge of, of Yahweh of the Old Testament Yahweh a very very deep knowledge of the God of Israel so I mean those were one of the reasons why uh, it was suggested that he definitely was going to be a he, I mean a Jew and versed in the letters uh, that Pharisee or Sadducee, probably possibly a Pharisee, and that's some of one of the reasons why people suggested that it could be Paul. But there are other reasons that said that suggested that Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews, uh, wasn't Paul. But yeah, uh, so these people and Paul, we know that Paul um, also has. A very deep knowledge, a very deep knowledge of the three thousand year history of of the Jews of, of of Israel. So, and those three people quoted it, quoted this same verse: "The just shall live by faith." Um, it's also important. That verse also important in church history, and I'm going to tell you um, why. Uh, about six hundred years ago, uh, there about in the fifteen hundred, yes, about six hundred years ago. Um, <coughs> God used this same verse to change Martin Luther. Martin Luther was once uh, a Catholic monk, uh, and the phrase, the just shall live by faith, uh, was, the, was the birth of the Reformation. Now, let me quickly just take us a little bit into uh, church history. What's the time? Just in the next five, 10 minutes. Um, at that time, uh, in the 1500s, the, the Catholic Church, or let, let me say in, in Europe, the, 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 the Catholic Church had very, very um, um, massive grip on the whole of Europe. Although there were some other forms of churches in Africa, uh, in in Middle East, uh, there's some form of Christianity. So, uh, for instance, in Africa, especially in Egypt, Alexander, and also in, in, in Ethiopia, there were other churches. There were other uh, other non-Catholic churches, but in Europe, uh, the Catholic Church had a very strong grip, and everybody belonged to the Catholic Church in Europe. The church had uh, one third of the land of Europe belongs to the church, belongs to the Catholic Church, uh, and the Pope is seen to be the father of all the European kings. So, uh, the people and their kings, uh, in other words, belonged to the Catholic Church. It was at this time, and at that time, okay, at that time, a number of practices that were being uh, uh, practiced at that time. Um, for instance, they believe that you can pay your way into reducing your, your punishment in purgatory. Uh, the church at that time believed that uh, by people so the church didn't only own the land 
they actually own the people. They own the distribution of, <coughs> of social amenities. <coughs> Excuse me. They own the distribution of social amenities to the poor. They own wedding, giving you license to be married, naming your child. It has to be from the church. Um, the, the land, a third of the land belongs to them. They even own your soul. So the church can bless you and say you will not, um, you will not suffer in afterlife. So people were bringing money into the church to buy space in the afterlife. So, I mean, an institution that, that the kings listen to, an institution that owns a third of the land of European land, an institution that owns the people from birth to grave, even to afterlife. That is how powerful the church and the Pope was in those days. So, and that power had been on since the fourth century till the 1500s. So for over a thousand years, it had been on like that. It was at that time that Martin Luther now got uh, to read this verse now. Okay, let me just tell you a little bit, just a, a brief story or history about uh, Martin Luther. Just uh, our time is going, is fast going. Now, I think I wanted to study law or something. Uh, it's picked my mind, but if you, please, if you know his story, just correct me if I'm wrong. But I know he wanted to study something else aside from being a priest. He wanted to study law or something. I know he found it boring. Uh, then um, I think he got struck by by lightning, and uh, he, he prayed to a saint. I think Saint Anne or something. <coughs> that please save me. If I don't die, I'll become a monk. So he didn't die. He he went to be a monk. So and at that time, being a monk uh, was the in thing. Was the most lucrative thing. So he got to be a monk, he, went, he left uh, the monastery, went to Rome, and he saw that um, uh, people in Rome were not as religious as he thought. Uh, they were, I mean, priests were rushing through mass as if they didn't even believe in what they were saying or what they were doing. They saw prostitutes on the streets of Rome. So he got, like, I mean, he thought that Rome would be the holiest of all cities. So he started, I mean, he, Rather than being fascinated by the buildings, he just got depressed. He started going to confessions, confessing his sin and things like that. So the Reverend Father was confessing to got tired of him and sent him to study scriptures in another university. So it was in that university that he came across um, <coughs> he came across the verse. I mean, the verse actually is he's come across the verse before, but it was in that university that verse. Um, struck him and like okay the just shall live by faith so what is justification how can man obtain mercy from God how can man obtain favor from God is it by giving arms to the poor is it by buying a place in purgatory and in those days uh, I've forgotten the name now that if you want to if you've committed a sin and you want to reduce your the, the punishment of your for your sin on earth you can pay a priest, the priest will write something on a piece of paper and say, I, so-and-so, uh, reduce your punishment uh, by God for this so-and-so sin. So in, in, in exchange for that paper, you pay money and the priest gives you that uh, absolution or something like that, forgotten uh, the name. So I just started looking at it and like, ah, this thing is wrong. Like, how can man obtain mercy from God? It is only by faith. 
through Christ. If you, you cannot do it by money, you cannot do it by buying uh, your way into, into eternity, you cannot do it by offering priests some money and they gave you a piece of paper in exchange. <coughs> so it was at this time, at this stage of the powers that be in Europe, in the European church, that Martin Luther came up with this rev, uh, uh, revolution that all those things the church was doing um, was wrong. And, it, and Martin Luther, people that, that knew him and a bit of history we read about him, uh, he was such a harsh person when he talks, uh, possibly he was choleric, uh, and he didn't mind his words. In fact, he went as far as calling uh, the Pope, the Antichrist, uh, he was so wicked and that, 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 that. So for someone to, to be able to, I mean, for someone to be able to go that length, at this, at the time uh, I just described, it took a lot of courage. But this verse, the just shall live by faith, was just the basis of all those. Martin Luther was called by the emperor at that time to recount what he said and just um, take back his words. Uh, so it's all right and take back his words. He went there, he yabbed all of them again. They declared him wanted that he can be killed by anyone and then the person will be rewarded. Anybody that just sees Martin Luther should kill him. So he had to run uh, to Germany. Uh, and he was protected, loads of stories. But what, why, why did I see all these stories? This verse, when, because if you remember chapter two, God's response to him was that, write the vision, make it plain, so that he that runs will be able to read it. Now, while he was writing it, he thought the verse was actually going to be for his people at that time. He did not know that about a thousand, about 2,000 years later, 1,500 years later, 2,000 years later, that same verse will cause the greatest revolution in the history of the church. Because that birthed the Reformation. Martin Luther went ahead to say we only need to justify we only need to be justified by faith through Christ, not by giving, not by so he broke out of the Catholic Church and Luther and he became uh, that's why you have the Protestant. They actually protest. I'll tell you a bit about the history of protesting later. But he broke out of the Catholic Church. Um, he translated the Bible from 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 Latin in those days to German, the, the language his people were speaking. And at that time, only the priest was allowed to read the Bible because it was in Latin. Only Latin was used to conduct services. So he conducted services in German. He started preaching in German. He, 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 I mean, he translated the Bible to German from Latin. And ordinary people could carry the Bible. So now this verse led to what I'm doing now. Some of you also Possibly, let's just assume that things were going uh, the way it was. God could have sent someone else, though. But let's just assume it, it didn't happen. Some of us may never have held a Bible in our life. Some of us, in fact, probably even if I become a priest, I may never be allowed to even say, pass this message I'm passing to you in English. It will have, it will have, it will have to be in Latin. But because of this verse, 
just this verse the just shall live by faith so he translated the bible into german uh and that's the that's the that's the foundation for reformation in the church that's what led to denominations several denominations uh the anglican church later came out um of course you know that anglican church that's church of england came to nigeria africa and you and i so you could see how it's <coughs> the just this one verse led to the birth of several several other things uh in the church so this verse inspired truth of justification by faith and it's also the the major difference between catholics and protestants uh till date so this verse later on also made some revolutions to happen within the catholic church because at that time it was like okay the people outside catholic church versus catholic church so the lutherans the protestants came out now why were they called protestants let me quickly tell you that so while martin luther in his in his writings he wrote about um 98 theses or something like that very plenty theses so in his writings while he was telling uh people well he was telling people priesthood is not established by the bible is a man-made thing the pope is an antichrist where your land should not be given to church uh this a lot of things he was saying so the peasants the poor people took up arms started fighting against the rich i mean this led to wiping about 30 percent of the youthful population um of europe of european population 30 percent were wiped out through this just because of this verse and the war broke out, it lasted for about 30 years. It wiped out 30%, about 33% actually of European youthful population. So this phrase has changed the world. And it's also uh, a major difference between Christianity and other religions. Um, so let's go to a contextual study of the verse. So we'll look at first what it meant in the day and time of Habakkuk, and then in our day and time so we should understand um uh that the book has two parts describing two types of people so uh, that's the book of Habakkuk. so the first type of big people were the babylonians who tied up their success of their conquests to their gods uh the end result of those who put their trust in other gods is destruction and like um like uh God told Habakkuk that Babylon will be destroyed. Don't worry. They seem to be prospering now. They seem to be enjoying now. They seem to be uh, as if there's no, there's no, there are no consequences for their actions now. But they will be destroyed and they will be destroyed totally. And Babylon eventually became destroyed, wiped out totally from the face of the earth. Um, there was a time during uh, Saddam Hussein's reign in Iran, he was trying to rebuild Babylon. I don't think he has finished it, but there was a time I was actually doing some research on that. And uh, from next week, by next year, by God's grace, we're going to be talking about the book of Revelation. And I'll, I'll do some other research uh, about Babylon at that time. I'll give you some, some um, facts on that. But till date, Babylon was wiped off the face of the earth so those who tie their success to other gods the other gods may not really necessarily be deities it may be self it may be our brains it may be our connections those who tie their conquests their victories to other gods will be totally wiped off the face of the earth number two the righteous 
the righteous who are living by faith under the lordship of God. So, part one, the Babylons, part two, the righteous. Because if you remember, um, Abakuk was wondering why is there so much injustice in the land, and since the righteous are so few. So let's look at so the the phrase we um, the phrase we are, we are exegesing or we are looking at says the just or the righteous shall live by faith. So three things we'll look at the righteous live and faith. So who is the righteous person? Who is a just person? Uh, when you have the right relationship with God, righteousness means having the right standing, having a right relationship with God. So what does it mean to live? Of course, we know to exist, to have an, an abiding relationship, a lifestyle. So that's what it means um, to live. Now, faith, we believe, trust, to obey God. So now the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith here now, it starts with being able to listen to the word of God. So when you live under someone's authority, you will trust and obey them. If someone has an authority over you, you will trust the person. So the righteous living by faith, what does this phrase now mean? It means that the man who has a right relationship with God, by believing, trusting, and obeying God, will experience a qualitative life now on earth and in eternity. I'll say that again. The man who has a right relationship with God, that's the righteous, by believing and trusting and obeying God. So, faith is just a live by faith. So, he has a right relationship with God by believing, trusting, and obeying God. He will now experience a qualitative life, both now on earth and in, in eternity. Why? Because the person does not walk by sight. The righteous are those who trust God. There is a correlation between righteousness and faith. So you cannot have a right standing with God without trusting God. And to trust God, you must have faith. You must believe, you must trust, you must obey him. So to be in a right standing with God, you must trust God. And that means so there's a correlation between righteousness and faith. So there's no righteous person that is not a man filled with faith. Number two, faith is what will save Judah at that time. Anyone in Judah at that time, because the Babylonians were all over, and God had told them, you are in this for a long time. So faith is the only thing that could save anyone in Judah at that time. And in the world today, especially in this part of the world, in Nigeria, faith is the only thing that can save some of us. We have no connection. We have no. We don't know anybody. We cannot press any button. The only thing we do, the only thing we have, the only person we are trusting is God, and that is the only thing that can save us. Faith. Praise the Lord. So let's look at the meaning to Abakuk at that time, and then I'll take the meaning to us, where well, it applies to us at this time. Then we'll just take your questions and we'll close. Number one, Habakkuk knew there was going to be a sure disaster. Unlike Amos, about a hundred years earlier, who called for a national repentance, Amos 5.15. Uh, Amos got a message 
and it was a message about things that will happen and what you should do for that thing not to happen. So unlike that, this guy knew that this thing is going to happen. He knew that there is disaster coming. He knew that problem is coming. So number two, God will deliver those who trust in him through all situations. Even though it seems that it is bad, even though it seems as if nothing, there's nothing you or, or myself can do to salvage the, the, the situation, but God will always deliver those who trust Him through all situations. Number three, who can be considered as righteous during the time of Habakkuk? No one can be righteous unless righteousness is imputed into his life. So. In the time of Habakkuk, I mean, Jesus had not come at that time. Uh, so righteousness, and we that we even say we are righteous, it is Jesus' righteousness that is imputed into us. So then you can be made right. You can be made righteous when you trust in God. And number five, in the days of Habakkuk, it, it now became clearer 600 years after Habakkuk when Jesus came to die. And that was what Jesus, uh, uh, John said in John 3, 16, for God's soul of the world, I gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, then your believing, your trusting in God makes you righteous, makes righteousness imputed in you. So when they were going through it at that time, it was actually for you and I to see. But let's look at the application to us. If you have questions, please type because we're almost wrap, uh, wrapping up. Uh, then we can take say uh, take questions and wrap up. How does this apply to us? Number one, as long as you are in this decaying world, you'll always experience corruption, evil, challenges. As long as you are here, life is filled with ups and downs. There will be times that, in fact, um, I do say something that if believing in god will not make will make will not make us cry or will not make us have challenges that will bring tears out of our eyes the moment you give your life to christ your tear glands should dry up the anointing should make your tear glands dry up in as much as you still have those tear glands there are going to be times in this time in this world there are going to be times moments where you feel down where you feel betrayed where you feel like it seems that evil is raining it seems like it's only negative people it's only bad people that are rising so as long as you're in this world you'll always experience such number two you can choose to walk by sight focusing on what you see around you forming opinions drawing conclusions from all the things you see around you if you make decisions on those, the things you see around you you make mistakes and be famished so if you decide to walk by sight and take decisions by things that are happening around you you will be tired that's why the bible says those who wait upon the lord shall have their strength renewed if you're doing it by yourself on your own your by your own knowledge and things you will be famished so they must know so now okay now um i i, I put something here that 419 as the people that cheat people I, I have an opinion that probably they even they even they even know this principle that most people walk by sight and they come to tinkle you twinkle, uh, twinkle your 
your appetite and look make you walk by sight and tell you things you want to hear they know most people live by sight so it's easy for them to manipulate you it's easy for them to tweak your head around but if you walk by faith then it will be hard for people to cheat you because as you're coming you have a fifth sense that as they're coming you have a fifth sense that god can there's an antenna telling you that no this person is coming to lie to you so elisha's servant also was another example that made a mistake about walking by sight and elisha prayed that his eyes be opened walking by sight is hopelessly inadequate i pray everyone listening to me today may you walk by faith may you stop walking by sight may you stop walking by sight may you stop taking decisions by sight because see there's more to this world than this our five senses there was a time uh, during the year i was researching on on the ministry of angels the things i found out were too scary to share i'm telling you the truth we are not alone in this world in on this planet we are not alone it is not this race alone that is in this world the ministry of angels are so real we are so limited with these are our five senses thank you thank you jerry jerry put here the science of faith see the the, the spiritual world is so real I, I pray i pray people can just explain the spiritual world is even more real than the physical world we are so limited tiny the only things we can perceive by these five senses are so tiny so if you don't walk by faith if you walk by sight it's too dangerous it's too dangerous people will cheat you the world will cheat you 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 will always shortchange yourself when you walk by sight and lastly walk by faith this is the only option we have as christians you hang on god's promises keep walking by faith you don't we don't belong to this to this um um, um, um terrain this earthly world this is, we don't run by this system one of my daughters was asking me a question sometimes ago i think we're sharing on uh, the verse that says um, um, a believer cannot be judged but yet can judge all things and she was asking me uh, what does that uh, scripture mean let me just explain briefly because time is gone time is almost gone let me let me explain that briefly now what that verse is saying is that we don't operate on the system of the world i'll give an example for those of us who are familiar with military when military gets orders from headquarters and it goes to carry out his order the opinion of a civilian doesn't matter the opinion of of like they call it colors in this part of the world a bloody civilian whether the order was good whether the, the the soldiers that were deployed were good ones or bad ones your opinion doesn't matter i got an order from the hq and i'm so the, a soldier doesn't come a soldier on orders doesn't come start negotiating with you oh yeah now come out don't come out if the order is that get in there and bring that person out the guy doesn't he doesn't negotiate he just gets there and obey so the same thing with christians we we have an order from hq we god has given us an order 
God has, has told us some things. We operate on a different system, on a different level than the world. So we cannot walk by sight. A Christian will do things that the people of the world will call stupid. But because you don't, you can't be explaining yourselves to them because we don't operate on the same system. So the just shall live by faith. As a righteous person, as a Christian, as a believer, I call you in this new year that we're going into, make sure every of your path is walked by faith, not by sight. The sight, your surroundings may be looking gloomy, may be looking as if uh, um, things are not going to work, things are not working. But when, as a believer, I trust God, I will walk by faith and things will work for me. So I hope that will be someone's... Uh, uh, um, I hope that will be someone's uh, uh, commitment today. As I'm going into the new year, I no longer walk by sight. I no longer do dilly dallying. I no longer do trial by error. I'm walking by faith. I'm walking on instructions. I'm walking on instructions. I'm invoking the, the, the ministry of angels. And the Lord will bless us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that brings us to the end of the book of Habakkuk. Uh, it's been four exciting weeks. Uh, I don't think there are questions. If you have questions, please uh, type them. Um, thank you for me. For me, talk about that. Uh, I'm walking by faith and things will work for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, if you have questions, type it. But from next week, um, ah, that's the new year. I'll see you in 2022. Yes, we've got to the end of this year. It's been an exciting year. We've done quite some a bit of studies, some exciting studies. Uh, so from next week, 5th of January, we're going to be starting on the book of Revelation. Um, <clears throat> I, I, this is one of my favorite books. If you, if you know me, you know I always get excited. Uh, discussing the book of Revelation. So uh, it usually takes about three months to do the book of Revelations. Sometimes it can take up to five months to do the book of Revelation. So please, uh, please, please, and please uh, get get ready, share the word among your 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 people, your friends and family uh, while we do the book of Revelations together. So thank you for listening. Thank you for the year. Thank you for your feedbacks. Um, thank you for your uh, wonderful feedbacks all through the year. Uh, and uh, we hope to do better next year. God bless you. And our um, um, anchor audience, uh, I'm, I'm so humbled to know that about one third of our listeners on anchor are people in their 60s, our grandpas, our grandmas. Thank you very much. We don't uh, take it for granted that you, I mean, you will be humble enough to listen to your child. Uh, thank you very much. To thank, to listen to God's grace in the life of your child. Thank you so much for uh, always listening and your feedbacks. We really want more feedbacks, uh, how we can do better next year. And God will help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's say a word of prayers as we close. Father, we thank you for an amazing 2021. Thank you for the book of Habakkuk. Thank you for bringing us to the end of the studies for the year. I ask, Lord, that if there is anyone that has been walking by sight, someone has been confused, give us that grace to open our eyes of faith, to discover the science of faith, to look beyond what our five senses can tell us, and we will launch into faith, and we will take our steps, our decisions, our walks by faith in the new year, in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, give us a prosperous 2022 in the name of Jesus. And as we start another series, 
next week and next year. Father Lord, I ask that you open our eyes, Lord. Teach us yourself in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful new year. I'll see you in 2022. God bless you. Bye.